You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in the studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. It's been said, when words fail, music speaks. Tonight's performer has been speaking through music for years, as he's taken the stage with some of music's most notable bands and has produced for its most revered artists. He shared the stage with the likes of Prince, Jay-Z, Marcus Miller, and Jill Scott. But Lee Hogan's is here with us tonight to give us a taste of his latest album, What We Play Is Life. He's also brought some very special guests with him to make this night even more memorable. I'm your host, Fredera Mary Hadley. Don't move, because Lee Hogan's is here to let us know what he's feeling, right here on B-Side. All of us, what we just heard. So the name of that song was called Groove. Um, I don't know if any of you have been to the West Village. There's a place called Groove mm -hmm. right on the corner of Third and McDougal. Yep. So it was named for that. We used to do a residency there every like once or twice a month. So that's where that comes from. Yeah. Fantastic. Can you also introduce uh, the band? Most definitely. So on bass we have Rob Colazzo. Drummer tonight is James Biscuit Rouse. We have Gabrielle Murphy on tenor sax. Misha Josephs on guitar, Misha Josephs. And John Roji on piano. Awesome, we're all happy to be here with all of y'all. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I want to let the audience get to know you a little bit. Okay. I know you're from the ATL, you're from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Do you come from a musical family? Is this what y'all sit around and do back in Atlanta? How'd you fall into music as well, a kid? Well, um, no one plays instruments, except for I have a younger brother that plays saxophone, piano and stuff. But my mom used to sing all the time. You know, she would sing in church or sing at home. We kind of gravitated to that. And I have an older brother as well who was really into music. so. He kind of like got me into hip hop, into R&B and everything before playing jazz. I would say he's probably the biggest influence as far as getting into music. Really? Yeah. Hip hop came first? 
Hip hop came first. I wanted to be a DJ, actually. Like, <laughs> wanted to be a DJ. My parents wouldn't give me turntables, so. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of like pause tapes. Of course. So yeah. I made a whole bunch of pause tapes, and that was kind of what I wanted to do. And then I found the trumpet, so. How'd you find the trumpet? Um, in a pawn shop, actually. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, we had a friend who had a pawn shop. I wanted to do something musically, so. Trumpet wasn't really it, but my parents were like, hey, it's $50. Try that, you know. <laughs> Worked out pretty Worked well. Worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out, yeah. just said the vibe in here with that one. Oh, I, nice. think, I know okay. we appreciate that. Appreciate so, that. Yeah, thank so you. do they teach how to do that in school? I know you went to Georgia State yeah. for undergrad. And like, Rutgers for in Rutgers for graduate school. Not really. <laughs> I think that song just comes out of like feeling and you know, I'm always no matter what type of feeling it is, if it's happy, sad, for me it comes from one of those emotions mm -hmm. when I'm writing it. And so mm -hmm. that one I think at the time I was going through a lot, so I wanted to write something beautiful to kind of contrast what I was going through. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I haven't come up with a title yet because I can't pinpoint exactly what to call it, you know? Right, so right. I just kept it on It also leaves it up for interpretation, right? Exactly, leaves it for interpretation <laughs> as well, so. How do you, in terms of your songwriting and, and your composition process, can you talk about how much of it is you know, the thinking and the feeling, like how does that, how do those two sides come together, the education and the experience? Like, Well, you know, as far as my schooling, I learned a lot of the technical, you know, parts of maybe playing the trumpet or writing music as well too. So, but I, you just, you don't learn it the way that you right. learn it. Going on stage, playing in front of people, playing with the people that I was fortunate to play with, you know, someone like Prince or Jay-Z, I learned so much just from watching them, you know, and being on stage with them and everything. So it's also it's definitely hands-on. You can't, mm -hmm. I don't feel like you can go to school and come out and be like this amazing musician because it's, you got to live, live it. Little. You got to live it. Yeah. <laughs> well, how does your classical background or, or mm. connect or does it translate in what yeah. ways? Do, do you see them as separate or do you see this as an opportunity to bring them together? Definitely, it's uh, especially for the trumpet. The trumpet's a tough instrument to play. I was fortunate to study with um, a lot of trumpet teachers who have a classical background. Mm -hmm. It never came easy to me, the technical part, so mm -hmm. I had some great teachers that helped me out. I think the musicality was always there since right. I was young, you know, mm -hmm. putting your lips to a piece of metal and blowing it and trying to and make it sound, sound good. Yeah, and <laughs> trying to make it sound good is sure. difficult, you know, sure. so, yeah. Well, we're going to let you get back to it. What's okay. the next song we're going to hear? So the next song we're going to do is I'm going to invite a good friend of mine and probably one of the best MCs I know. His name is Silent Knight. Uh, we're doing this song called Hustler's Anthem. So we decided to do a remix of it, and it's all about like the grid of New York and 
you know, whatever you do, whether it be music or, you know, if you have a blue collar job or whatever, hustling and just, you know, making it happen. So this, that's what this song Amen. is about. Yep. Straight to my to-do list Before I'm even lucid I'm just used to it Bump a couple beats Before I brush my teeth I would write all day If it was up to me But see I gotta hit These emails stat About three or four calls A meeting on top of that No rabbit out the hatch But sometimes it is magic Mess around and get a hat trick Multitasking not just a rap or a jazz thing, it's the city. Whether you busking or busting tables, if you young and able, gotta jump up on the payroll. Incredible caseload. Leave a civilian with their face froze. Can you talk a little bit more about your musical journey to this release? We know that you've played with a venerable list of people and produced with everyone from Prince and to it with Marcus Miller and all these folks. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about the process of getting to this album, all of that, all the hip hop yeah. and all those experiences. Where do I start? It's like, <laughs> the easiest it's a long, right. long journey. But um, no, I think, um, so I'm from Atlanta originally and I moved to New Jersey to go to grad school. The reason I wanted to move to New Jersey besides going to grad school was to be in the city. Mm -hmm. You know, I have like a lot of jazz influences from Freddie Hubbard, Dizzy Gillespie, you know, all these guys were in the city, you know, in the heyday of jazz. So they were, you know, I looked up to them. Also, my hip hop influences from like Run DMC to Master Ace to all those guys were also from New York too. So, you know, coming from Atlanta and watching your MTV raps or watching like jazz videos, I was like, that's where I want to be. So I found my way up through school, you know, went to school and got my grad degree and just got on the scene and just worked as, much as I could, you know, met a lot of people. There's actually one person I should mention that's very responsible for a lot of the touring I did, and it's a saxophonist named Mike Phillips. Mm. I don't know Billy? if you heard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in his band coming straight out of grad school, toured a lot with him. He introduced me to some of the musicians with Puffy, um, so I got to tour with P. Diddy. He introduced me to Prince, actually. He was in Prince's band, so he called me for that. A number of other musicians as well, it's, you know, because of him, because of his guidance and influence. So you gotta be really, really good, but yeah. it's also who you know. It's also who you know, and it's, this should be the easy part, but a lot of people can't do this, is show up on time, look, dress well, you know. Um, you know, like the simple thing, be, be cool, you know. You know be so nice. Be nice, yeah. It's, it's easy, I think, so, you know, those things help me. Plus, of course, you have to be good at what you do. So. Of course. And you talk a little bit about how the village and the groove, and I've been there, yeah. um, directly impacted this album. Tell us a little bit more about where you were in this musical journey, this amazing musical journey that you're having when you decided to put this album together. So yeah, it was like a seven, eight year process to record it, being off and on uh, the road. And there's a lot of things that happened. Um, I have an older brother who passed away, mm -hmm. so his influence is in that album. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a track on there called 99 and a Half Won't Do and it's my great grandmother who is 99. I had an opportunity to go down and see her on her 99th birthday and I you know, never really rapped with her or talked to her about 
what she did growing up and what happened growing up. So went with a tape recorder and just taped two hours of her talking about what she did um, growing up. She does some crazy things like working on the railroads, you know, all, you know, all these things to survive. So on that song, you can hear a snippet of her talking about that and singing as well too. So I tried to incorporate a lot of family into this album. Um, there's little snippets here and there. It sounds like it reflects the title, What We yeah. Play Is Life. What we play is, yeah. Which is a Louis Armstrong quote, who's also one of my favorite trumpet players. Um, yeah, What We Play Is Life. this great music and it came out in 2015 and you're all over the world what do you have going on now and what can we expect from you next? Um, I'm working on two new projects one um, was kind of inspired by um, the shootings of African-American men mm -hmm. so don't have a kind of title yet but not really so I don't want to say yeah, it's kind of inspired with that, so I want to do a suite about that. And also, there's a lot of um, pop covers that I love that I'd like to, to basically like arrange in my style. Mm. So those are the two projects. And I'm working with other musicians like Silent Night. And my band has had the fortune to do a Blue Note residency. Nice. So we had um, the opportunity to perform with Prodigy before he passed. Oh, wow. Um, and today's happy his birthday, birthday. By the yeah. Way. yeah. Happy birthday, Prodigy. Um, we worked with Grand Poobah. We worked right. with Master Ace. We, I've got a couple other shows. Next week, we're working with DJ Mr. C, who's doing a yeah. Biggie tribute on November 10th. November 11th, we're working with Sawdad X. So mm -hmm. doing a lot of different hip-hop shows. And it's, you know, these are guys that I watched on TV when I was young, like, just, you know, had so much reverence for them, and now it's like I'm actually doing shows with them, so it's incredible. You found a way to put those two worlds together. Yeah. People often think jazz is over here and hip-hop is yeah. over there, which has never really been of the course, case. Of course, yeah, of course not. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's challenging working with hip-hop artists because there's a lot of sample-based mm -hmm. stuff, and it's funny because they sample jazz. Mm -hmm and you know to make their music now it's like as jazz musicians we're trying to recreate what they did <laughs> it's almost like you know it's a bit opposite. of a full circle yeah moment. full circle so um next we're going to play um a song called motor city and this basically came from my love of jay dilla mm. um i was like i am still but it, like a insane jay dilla head and analyzing being a producer as well too just analyzing everything so much and just the groove and feel and everything so this was called Motor City.
Thank you, Lee, for giving us your most soulful experience. I wish we weren't out of time, but if you'd like to hear more, check out Lee's latest album, What We Play Is Life, wherever you buy or stream music. And you can keep up with Lee on Twitter, at, at Lee Hogan's, and Instagram, at Will Lee Ho. That's W-I-L-E-E-H-O. I'm Fredera Mary Eva Hadley, and I hope you've enjoyed yourself tonight. Make sure you stop by our Brick House studio every Thursday to hear more of the best music Brooklyn has to offer. You can also check out tonight's installment and past episodes anytime at youtube.com slash brick TV or check out our Brick Radio podcast of this episode at soundcloud.com slash brick radio. The B-Side podcast is produced by... Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Cole, Roe Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by O'Neill Millet and edited by Emily Bogosian. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. Why be me? If I fly, they gonna see.